0: Not to be jealous that everybody's just starting to come hear the choir sing and not me preach. No, it is a great gift. Thank you all. It is a good thing to hear all around the world what God does and is doing and is doing here. And for that we give thanks and for that we bow before him and ask his blessing on this word that we have heard and that we now respond to. Let us pray. Lord God, we are blessed because we have this light, and so we can sing, we can learn, we can listen, we can live. Holy Spirit, now open our eyes to see and our ears to hear this word this morning, and we may so that we may give you thanks. Lord, hear us as we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So there you are, sitting in the car, hours, hours and hours. As you work your way to whatever, you know, holiday or vacation spot or family event that you're trying to get to. And of course, you're sitting there in the back. And you're listening and you're trying to play and you're just doing whatever it is to get through the hours. And as you're sitting there quietly, somebody on the other side of the car. Oh, quick, look. And you go, what, what, what what was it? And they go, "Ah, sorry, you missed it. Ah. Or it happens often here. We have a big storm in the evening and the clouds blow through and the sun catches it just right. And it paints this phenomenal rainbow over the academy, over the Hudson River Valley. And folks, oh, you ought to go out and go check out this rainbow. It's gorgeous. And you, you, you go out there and it's like, um, no, it's gone. You missed it. Sometimes I'm thinking Thanksgiving's starting to be kind of like that. You're getting so busy doing everything else, you miss it. It's like, oh, wait, is it Thanksgiving? Oh, I I missed that. I'm sorry. We were at Walmart yesterday, and of course, we were singing along with what? The Christmas carols. And it is a fascinating thing to me that has been discussed quite a bit probably over the last decade or more. What is it about Thanksgiving? Why is it we just kind of, oh wait, you blink and you miss it. If you don't get out there fast enough, it's faded away and it's already gone. And the best I can figure, just coming from a theological point of view, is that there's not a whole lot of self-servicing for Thanksgiving. There's not a lot that you can point to yourself and and meet some need or or honor you in some way or fulfill some dream or desire. If I had my business partners up here with me, they would remind me the other reason we kind of skip over it is because it's really hard to make money off of Thanksgiving. Unless, of course, you sell turkeys. Which, of course, if you're like many of us who are permanent faculty and staff cadets, we now have a lot of turkeys in our freezer and we can't have you to come eat it yet. So come January, Lord willing, when you get back, we're gonna like have Thanksgiving. I don't know. I gotta get a turkey somehow. We'll figure it out. No, we, we skip right past it because in the very act of giving thanks, you have to recognize at least two things. You have to recognize, oh my goodness, I have been given something that I did not do myself. And then you have to actually give thanks to someone besides yourself who gave it to you. And that's hard for us in our generation, in our day and age, because we have been so conditioned to, so trained to, I think it's just in our sin nature, in our human nature, we just tend to think of self first, And so it becomes difficult, it's a challenge some days, for us to look beyond self and give thanks. We tend to look at so much in our world and what we have and what is in front of us that we tend to start taking things for granted. And we start thinking that it's always supposed to be that way. For those of us who had to endure that kind of craziness, it was one of those, why in the world am I having to stand in line so I can buy one package of toilet paper? Oh, oh, woe is me. We just live in that world because that is who we are. And so it becomes very difficult for us to get beyond self and to give thanks. In all things, for this is the will of God concerning you, the Bible says. This morning's readings helped us catch a glimpse a little bit Uh, Perhaps why it is so hard to get beyond ourselves and to thank God. Because you and I live in a very hard world. You and I live in a world in which it is difficult. In which you and I are constantly being attacked for self and for our lives and our beliefs. And just trying to be faithful and trying to do what is right day in and day out. I mean, you hear it first in Jeremiah chapter 30. (coughs) Why do you cry over your wound? Why do you cry over a pain that has no cure? You, if there is a stage 5 cancer, then that's where you're at. Why? Because of your great guilt, your many sins, these things have happened to you. It is the echo that would come back in Ephesians 2. You are dead in your trespasses and sins. Your, your many sins, just just the, the youthful indiscretions of life, just the, the failures of life, of the, the petty little lies and cheatings and stealings that all of us are guilty of. But it's even worse, it's your great guilt that goes with that. Your intentional, you're perverted, your twistedness. Big sins or little, it doesn't matter. It is an incurable pain of the soul, and sin kills you. Well, great, what do I have to be thankful for? That doesn't sound very good. The New Testament reading comes along. We have an incredible treasure, but it seems like it's in a jar of clay. It is so fragile. It is easily broken, easily marred and stained. We are hard pressed. It is like the crushing of grapes being squeezed out. You and I are perplexed. We. It's as though we are at the end of our resources, end of our rope. We don't know what to do next. We are persecuted. If you've ever had it happen, I've had it happen twice in my life, that you get attacked by a swarm of bees or, or hornets or wasps or something. That's the picture. You cannot get away. We are persecuted and hounded. We are struck down. Somebody sticks their foot out and then bam, face first. We're down we are always carrying around in our body there in 2 corinthians 4:10 carrying around the death of jesus you and i it's like we've got a rucksack on and the burdens and the shame and the guilt and the the suffering and the persecution everything that went to the cross you and i carry and you should be at this point going chaplain i i am I am missing out on why I'm supposed to be thankful here. And you would be right. You and I, if we are honest about how we are living this life, you and I are quick to point out, and it's easy for us to point out, I remind you again, it is easy to find everything that's wrong. It is easy to complain about what we don't have, what we don't get to do, where we wish we could go. It is easy to go around and find out ways that that somehow God didn't get it right. You know, if I were God, I would have done it this way. And begin to complain against the Almighty as though somehow he's not quite got it figured out. And to begin to look at this and go, the pain is overwhelming, I am crushed, I am absolutely at the end of my rope, I am flat on my face and have no resource to get up, what in the world do I thank God for? And that is an excellent, excellent, excellent place to be. Because when we are at our lowest point, when we stop looking at ourselves, when we finally figure out, boy, every time I just look, it is not good. When we realize that I'm not going to be able to achieve this, I cannot do this, I can't keep this up. I am tired, and I am weak, and I am worn. You and I continue to read through those passages, and then you and I begin to have hope. You see, your pain has no cure. Your great guilt and many sins have destroyed you. But verse 17 of Jeremiah 30, But I, the Lord, I will restore your health. I will restore your fortunes. I, the living God, will come alongside, and I will bring back to life that which is dead. I will restore everything that has been destroyed. And then when that happens, verse 19, from you will come songs of thanksgiving. From them will come the sound of rejoicing. You and I, when we begin to realize what God has done, when you and I begin to realize just who we are in comparison to the glory that is coming amongst us and, and how it has taken us from death to life, from shame into purity, from being unloved and left out to being brought in and included and treasured, you and I begin to give thanks. You and I begin to rejoice. You and I might be hard-pressed, but we are not crushed completely. You and I might be at the end of our rope, but we are not without hope, without despair. We may be persecuted. Evil may be all around us, but we are not alone. We are not left behind. We may be struck down, but our Lord stands over us to make sure we are never destroyed. You and I may be carrying all the sufferings and all the persecutions and all the difficulties and all the embarrassments that come along with living out a faithful Christian witness. You and I may be bearing the marks of his death on our body and you and I are daily walking our own cross to Calvary. To die to the self, to die to our own laziness, to die to our own selfishness. To get beyond just, hey, what's in it for me? to get beyond us accusing God of somehow not doing right, not doing it good enough, accusing God of not being good, and we lay all that down in the death so that we, what? Can therefore have life at work in us so that his life, verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 4, his life may be revealed in our mortal body. His life may be opened up to everyone to see. So that we're not looking at who we are anymore. We are looking to who Jesus is. And we are living in life in such a way that everybody else sees it too. And so you and I are looking for that. That to give thanks for. Because as we read through the readings and go through those this morning... You and I are very quickly going to go, huh, that doesn't look good. But then we hear there's hope. And so you and I end up there in Revelation chapter 7, which is the final text for the morning. You see, in Revelation 7 9, I looked around, and there before me was a great multitude no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, they were wearing white robes, they were holding palm branches in their hand, they were singing songs from all around the globe. Songs we don't know. Songs that you and I may not be comfortable with in ways that you and I are not familiar with. It is a world of praise going on all around the throne. And it's happening right now. You and I just for a little bit each week get to come together and just just catch a glimpse of the glory that is going on. You think our choir's good? Wait till we hear Heaven's choir. <laughs> you think this organ's impressive? Wait till you hear all the harps and lyres and musics and pipes of eternity. You and I are surrounded, though we do not see them, we are apart part with them to praise his name. Why? Why are we giving thanks? When you read it to begin with, you go, it doesn't sound like much to be thankful for. You read about it it's like, okay, something's going to get restored. Okay, it sounds like I won't be completely crushed. I guess that's good. Why? They're crying out, verse 10 of Revelation 7. They're crying out in a loud, loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Did you get it? You and I give thanks because there is hope. You and I give thanks and you and I get up and go again because there is safety and deliverance. Because there's a wholeness and a healing of our dead souls. And it's not anything you and I have done. It's not anything you and I can do. You and I give thanks because salvation belongs to God to the lamb because salvation has come to us through Jesus Christ this word lamb in the New Testament is always the picture of the sacrificial fulfillment of the old covenant sacrificial system in the person body and work of Jesus Christ and the angels who are standing all around the throne all the elders, all the living creatures they fall down on their faces before the throne and they worship this God who sits on the throne. I love the picture. It's the idea of God took a seat and he's still there. He hasn't given it up. He hasn't retired yet. He hasn't hit a statute of limitations. He doesn't have to send in to get recertified. He doesn't have to do anything to be on his throne. It is his salvation that is complete. It is his authority that remains. And all we can do is worship. Bow down before him. Don't take this in the wrong way, but but it really is the picture here. It's the picture of when I walk back into my quarters, my dog, Ginger, the wonderful, lovable, scaredy cat, Mutt, will be so excited to see us and to see me, because of course, we've been gone for like ever in dog years, in dog memory. And when we come walking in and as I get there, she is going to be all over and all excited and and all and, and, and if I don't stop and bend down and pay attention to her so she can, you know, get dog hair all over me and lick my face and all these other gross things that, that you, some of you may not like. She will not calm down. Y'all, you know, that's the picture of worship. You and I are so excited. You and I are so overwhelmed that the God of all creation, the God who has brought us salvation, you and I, we are so, we cannot help but just hunker down and and be all around and and bow before and and lick his hand and and, and just do everything we can to say, Lord, thank you. It is so good to see you. It is so good to be into your presence. And they worshiped him, saying this in verse 12, amen. 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 How many firsties do we have here? Handful all around? May is coming. There you go. That's exactly what it means. It is a certainty. It is a surety. It is something you can be excited about. It is something you can say, that is exactly what God is going to do. Amen. Amen, praise. It's the word we get our word eulogy from. You speak a good word on behalf of someone, some adoration, some blessing. We are praising God. We are giving him glory, doxa, the doxology, the good word, the magnificent word of of true thoughts, true opinions that apply to the Lord. We are praising him for his wisdom, his sophia, the wisdom of God that Proverbs 3 says helped create and maintains and makes this life possible. We give him thanks. It's an acknowledgement that we have been given something. It is an honor because we give such a high value to the Lord, because he has power. An incredible, miraculous ability to do that which we cannot, and he has the strength to make it happen. He has the authority and the ability, and it is to our God, Forever and ever and ever and ever do you see where this is going right out to the edge of the ages right out to the edge of our universe and it keeps expanding his praise will keep expanding you and I cannot help but give him thanks and praise and glory because of his strength and his might and his power. Because he has brought us salvation. See, you and I, when we just stop at the beginning of the first few verses, you and I don't have much to be thankful for. Because you and I just can't do much on our own. Try as you might, there are many of you sitting out here at the end of this semester that are tired. This has been hard, emotionally if not physically, maybe physically too. It has been hard to deal with the distractions and the, and the dangers that just come with this world we live in. And if you just look to yourself, then, then it's gonna be easy to complain. It's gonna be easy to not be thankful. Ooh. And wish it were some other way, in a relationship, in a class, in your setting, with your children, with your co-workers. I don't know what it is. But you and I, when we catch a view that lifts us up, when you and I don't just sit here with what's right in front of us and, and don't look down, but we look up, when we begin to realize that our salvation done it is complete it is provided when you and I realize we no longer have to figure this out and get this done on our own but that God has made a way that we are never completely crushed down but that he draws us back that we are never completely overwhelmed but that he gives us hope that you and I are not just looking for here but you and I are looking hereafter people that makes all the difference because now we have something to be thankful for now we look around and we go wow lord forgive me for not noticing look at what you have given me it's the echo of second peter three he's given us everything out of his divine power for living this life i will get through the t's and i will get through them to the glory of god i'm gonna figure out how to stay in step and march we ever have another parade, for the glory of God. We are going to get through this thing, and we are going to protect one another, and we're going to get home healthy, because we want to do it for the glory of God. We want to bless our families and our friends when we get back home, because they need to know God has done something for them. And we do this here at the end of 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15, that last verse. And this is all for your benefit. Why? so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Let us pray. Dear God, we give thanks because we recognize all we have been given. Lord, forgive us for looking around and just complaining. Help us to look up. Get beyond ourselves and see you, Jesus. The salvation that the Lamb has provided us and has done complete. Now given as we confess your name, as we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, Lord, we have it all. Dear God, we have life. We have purpose. We have a calling to give you thanks in such a way that this world sees what you have done. And then this world joins with the overflowing praise and thanksgiving to God, to the glory of your name. Lord, hear us as we pray for this in our place, on our way, in Jesus' name, amen.